Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can meditation really improve your health? If so, can it help something as serious as Crohn's disease? Has contact with paranormal entities sometimes brought about healings? Hello and welcome to the 662nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Those health-conscious questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Health and the paranormal are appropriate subjects today because we're broadcasting live from the Taking Steps for Crohn's and Colitis Walk at Roger Williams Park here in Providence, Rhode Island. Because we're on location today, we won't uh, be taking phone calls, but you can send us emails to paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Now, the uh, Crohn's and Colitis Walk has already taken place. Uh, we had Team Behind the Paranormal, uh, and we had, what, uh, not a lot, 12 people and four dogs. And as you can hear, there's a huge party going on around us for those who walked. Uh, walkers included a um, lot, of, lot of people today. Uh, many thanks to all who walked uh, today with us and elsewhere, and to help raise money and awareness to fight these two terrible diseases. So with us today are two people who are well known to our listening audience, and our uh, the author uh, William J. Hall is with us, and paranormal investigator Shane Searway. So welcome back to the show, guys. Thank you for having us on. Great to be here. Well, it is great to have you here, and uh, we have lots of questions concerning lots of different health points, but a lot of things that were brought up because we had some people come to the table were talking to us a lot about meditation. But Bill, you seem to have some experience with that. Although you made some some funny comments about it, that it just made you more sleepy than anything else. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, thoughts changing um, your chemistry and medical makeup, of course, is a well-known fact. So, you know, positive thoughts uh, certainly could uh, uh, make you heal faster and uh, better. And uh, and the opposite is true also. Negative facts, of course, could uh, deteriorate your body and cause sickness and, and disease. So very much related to the kinds of uh, um, frequency that we, that we talk about that's being sent out when paranormal activity. Well, a lot of people uh, did write in uh, knowing we were going to be here today, and they did ask about meditation and whether it really does help. And uh, we got sort of a response from Marie in Hawaii uh, who has Crohn's disease, and uh, she just reported that uh, I started meditation this past year. I've also seen an acupuncturist, and that has really helped me. Uh, with meditation, I did guided ones with an app on my phone, but over the summer went uh, to a Zen Buddhist dojo and learned their style of sitting. So I guess um, I think the idea that... Uh, I mean, I've run into this a lot in the paranormal, Ben, uh, all of us really had, and the whole idea is that we've got... Uh, the the mind being uh, sort of uh, exercising control over the body and the well-being of the body, and uh, that that can um, uh, really, really have um, an effect. I remember one uh, time in the hospital in Augensburg, New York, when I was a seminary student, uh, there was um, a young boy who who had uh, childhood leukemia, and I've run into that several times, and he uh, visualized, which I suppose is some kind of maybe a form of meditation, he visualized the uh, little spaceships from Star Wars uh, shooting the cancer cells. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but he went into remission, and uh, when I left the area, he was still doing fine. So, really, who knows? And uh, we have uh, 
We were going to have, we have someone from the walk today who was going to talk about this as well, but uh, they ran a little late. So we're going to continue with some questions from uh, another listener here on another subject. And uh, there we have. All right. This is from um, Ed, and I'm not sure where Ed is from, but it, uh, he's from Clovis, California. And uh, he, I'll give this to Ben. It's a, it's a long question in sections, but it's... Uh, Why, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Ed oh, writes... Wait, before we start that, I just thought, poor Shane is sitting here, has not said a word yet. Shane, um, what is your take on meditation and health uh, or any sort of um, paranormal connection with uh, getting better? Um, yeah, I haven't said it. I can't hear anything either. <laughs> it's too loud here, and I can't hear anything. But, um, yeah. but yeah, meditation, I mean, it, our emotions and, and frequencies mean everything. Um, it controls everything. It controls us, our bodies, our, our lives. It, it's um, So meditation really helps to center that and, and get us to the place where we need to be. It also helps to free the negative frequencies from us. Okay, good. And, uh, uh, actually, they have uh, Stacy here is uh, one of the organizers of this great event, and uh, we're going to have a guest or two um, at her behest. We're short of mics here, so I guess we're going to try and just introduce uh, Stacy. Hi, everybody. I'm Stacy Keneally. I'm the walk manager for the Rhode Island Market, um, and we're having a beautiful day here raising money for Crohn's and colitis, and we've got um, a couple patients lined up for you. First up, um, I'm going to introduce Stephanie Bonin. She's doing a Zumba demonstration in a few minutes, um, but she's got Crohn's disease, and um, she's one of our IBD heroes, so really excited to have you guys talk to her. Hi. My name's Stephanie. I've had Crohn's for 29 years now, uh, four surgeries, multiple different medications through the years, and doing well now, so. Very good. Now, Stephanie, have you used uh, any kind of meditation or acupuncture? Because we had a, a Crohn's uh, sufferer from Hawaii who wrote in and says that that has helped. We're also trying to keep in line with the, the theme of the show somehow. <laughs> I um, have been on many medications through the years. Right now I'm currently on weekly injections of Humira and daily Imuran to keep that under control. Yep. Okay. And I wanted to ask, too, how can people find out more about Crohn's disease and how can they help? I usually say ask a patient, and they'll usually end up directing you to the CCFA website, which has most of the information, and then they can find local support groups through there. Um any doctors can also direct you to that same, they'll usually direct you there as well. There are a lot of online support groups and personal support groups, so you can go in person. So, yeah, It's funny, it's a disease most people never heard. I, I never heard of it until a nephew, you know, Ben's cousin, uh, came down with it and we saw what he went through. And it just, you know, and it seems to be a young person's disease in many cases as well. Yes, I was diagnosed when I was eight back in 1987, so, and it was uncommon then for someone of that age to get it. Mm-hmm. It'll be 29 years this December I was diagnosed. So. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing with us. And who do we have next? My name is Joseph Lennon. Well, hello, Joseph. What's your, what's your story? So I'm 22 years old. I've been diagnosed with Crohn's disease since I was 10 years old. And this is my eighth year taking part in the Take Steps Walk. And, uh, yeah, I'm just here to show support. Great. But you've, you've never seen Bigfoot? No, I have not to this date. Okay. Well, we'll take the next guest, and then maybe she has. Thank you very much, so for coming by. How are you? Hi. Hi. And uh, Hi. what's your name? Beth Gabriel. 
Okay, Beth, what's your story? Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, almost 50 years I've had Crohn's disease. Yeah, so I was, um, they didn't even know what Crohn's when I was diagnosed. My first surgery, I was six years old. It's been an incredible journey, but um, we've raised so much money and awareness for this disease, and there's a lot of new medications out now that we didn't have back then, and um, I'm just really proud to be a part of the organization. I have a lot of knowledge, so I, it's very rewarding to me to help everybody. Oh, very good. We were um, in uh, trying to sort of discuss health issues uh, on the show here, which we usually don't do because it's a paranormal show. Uh, have you ever used uh, meditation or acupuncture? Because we've, we've had Crohn's patients say that that has helped. Do you have any uh, experience with that? I have not, no. Okay. Well, that's an honest answer. It's an but, honest answer, yeah. I mean, um, a little bit of meditation as far as um, relaxation techniques and stuff, but um, I've been in remission since 2007, so... Um, but right now my mission is to just stay healthy and help other people that have been afflicted by this disease. Very good. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Okay, great. Now, some of the folks who walked today and who are uh, suffering from the, uh, this, this terrible disease we're trying to help. Now, uh, there, there have been many, I don't know, a lot of people over the ages, uh, and I do mean over the ages, uh, people who um, have thought that uh, what we would demons have caused these diseases or many like them and certainly issues of um what we might call uh, on this show parasites whether these or uh, curses right i mean you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of times it was curses or payment for sins and things yeah. of that nature well you know all about that bill what uh <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm paying for a lot of sins <laughs> <laughs> so uh well in the, in the research that, that both of you men have done um what do you feel is uh, do you feel that there is any any uh, cause th- th- to believe that the parasites may have uh, in some way been behind it? You know, I hate to even suggest it because people run with it and they, you know the imagination goes nuts. But um, could there be a tie-in with uh, bad health and involvement with parasitical entities? This sort of thing. I mean, we found uh, chronic fatigue syndrome in many of these cases. Uh, what, what do you, Shane? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We've actually seen people uh, get better after we've subtracted uh, the parasite from the home. And um, we've seen strange illnesses or bad illnesses just disappear, including cancer. Um, So I I think they have a a bearing on our health, and and I think they can make us sick. But at the same time, like I said, we we eliminate them, and uh, health returns. Well, there you go. Uh, So... Oh, go ahead, Bill. Oh, I was just going to say, I know with uh, with Poltergeist research, um, frontal lobe uh, issues, you know, epilepsy, uh, there appears to be a, a correlation uh, between that. What's the cause and what's the effect? We don't know, and we don't know if it's a real correlation uh, because there's so little data that you do get with these cases going public, but... Uh, the, it is. It, there does appear to be a correlation because there's such a high frequency of, uh, you know, epilepsy and multiple sclerosis in these cases that do become public. Well, I think the the, uh, the whole theme behind everything we've been saying here so far is that the, the body and mind are not separate. And uh, well said. Yeah. The whole the whole person is involved in health, 
And when you have uh, a disease, it can be helped by attitude and meditation, things of this kind. Uh, maybe not helped by the gale force winds today that we usually don't have to deal with inside the studio. Uh, and also matters of, uh, you know, what, when, when you're involved with a lot of negativity in your life that, that can bring in maybe possible parasite involvement, that, that, that can affect your health as well. So uh, <clears throat> that's just something to consider. But uh, we do stress that people should not take it and run with it, and imaginations can go wild. We often hear from people that are blaming all their problems on parasites or quote-unquote demons, whatever you want to call them. And um, nothing really takes away your personal responsibility, and that includes health, uh, trying to live a healthy lifestyle, uh, not um, letting yourself go, and all the you know proper exercise. It's all, all part of a, of a healthy being, a healthy human being. And um, I suppose there are even paranormal aspects to that, you know. So, so why don't we go back to the questioning we were um, the question we had from Ed in uh, Clovis, California. Very long but interesting uh, kind of approach here. Um, so Ed writes, and I'll, I'll read this unless you want to, Ben, because you uh, you're doing the engineering here today. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, after listening to your interview on Midnight in the Desert, uh, that's radio show I was on, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I was hoping to ask your advice and direction. As I sat today, I was jotting down what just seemed to come naturally and make the most uh, sense concerning uh, who we are. Uh, I've never studied or read much on the subjects, uh, which I, which is why I, I'd uh, like to take on whether the path in, is worth following or I should go see a doctor or some take some pretty blue pills. Now again, here's our health uh, kind of tie-in in a way. Um, people very often think that they're having. Uh, some people may blame their their problems on parasites. Other people may think that they're uh, ha- having parasite problems because they have health problems. In this case, mental problems. You know, um, it, it's really a difficult decision at sometimes. Uh, so here's uh, his first question: energy of the soul. And he says the quote unquote soul is the energy and experiential repository of our continued existence in the universe. What do you think of that? I, what, was, what was it again? Well, he said the soul is the uh, energy and experiential repository of our continued existence in the universe. I can't hear anything. Oh, you, okay. Well, yeah. The soul is the repository. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, we, it's the wind and everything is kind of getting away. Uh, okay. Well, it says we hold the experiential energy which has spanned billions of years containing the experience and memory of hundreds of millions of lifetimes. Okay, now, now I'll, I'll... Yeah, that's like the collective unconscious uh, philosophy theory. Yeah, kind of in Sounds a way. Like. But uh, now already, um, Ed is doing what almost everyone does, and he may be right, we may be wrong. Um, it's the whole time sequential problem. In other words, it's essentially been, been shown uh, pretty convincingly in physics that time does not exist that way. It doesn't exist past to future. Uh, it's not linear. It exists simultaneously. It's a hard concept, but that's what it seems. So uh, many people who believe in reincarnation believe that we have uh, billions of lives that we've lived in the past and more that we'll live in the future. But um, physics doesn't seem to allow for that in the sense that we've got simultaneous time. All these lives, if that's what they are, being lived simultaneously, and it's all really part of us. So... Um, that whole notion of what the soul is may not be changed by that. The soul comes from the Greek word uh, anima, or animus, meaning um, the, 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 uh, the, the life, the essence, 
the center of being, and that's uh, pretty much uh, how how it comes down to us. Um, and uh, Ed continues: We have no gender, no face, no name. We have interconnect. We are interconnected at the core of our very existence. Yet we remain independent. The very energy that binds our very existence is the same energy that binds us all together as a single galactic conscientiousness. We have well, we are stardust, but you know. Yeah, well, literally, yeah, because that's <laughs> you know, the, right. the, materially, that's if where everything. If stars didn't ex- explode, you know, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So I get what he's saying here. Uh, I don't see a question though. Yeah, but but here it comes. Are we uniquely human, or are we truly made of the stars and reincarnate through an endless number of beings which span the galaxy? Uh, that it's. I wouldn't put the question that way. Me personally, I mean, I think that we've got. Uh, we we sort of uh, this. Is, it's pantheism, you know, the pantheistic idea. You know, are we um, everything and is everything us, or is God everything and is everything God? I mean, we know that uh, all species on Earth, you know, came from common beginnings, but. Well, I think we may be talking about an underlying shared kind of life, and and in the multiverse, that that is kind of what is, what is happening. The whole notion of the individual is um, called into question, uh, at least as we understand it, as islands, you know. And that's what we're always saying. Um, Shane, are you you getting any of this here? We we have a very bad audio. Uh, well, I got the other speakers hitting me right in the ear. I can barely hear anything. Oh, okay. So. Um, all right. <laughs> Well, essentially, well, we're gonna we'll see if we can work on that. Um, okay, so we can. So I, I don't know endless number spanning the galaxy. I mean, and then uh, if we're talking about the galaxy. We're talking about one galaxy in one universe where there may be uh, many, uh, many millions. So it's uh, again a very difficult. Um, maybe the question is too narrowly phrased, Ed. Um, Maybe the universe and the multiverse are kind of bigger than all this, but I, I get what you're saying. Okay, um, so I guess we are each other uh, across all sort of um, universes and, and lives, and it brings to mind. Uh, I was uh, crowing to Ben that I wrote uh, an entire chapter yesterday uh, where I'm expanding the book uh, Footsteps in the Attic, and um, it, the only reviewer problems with it when it first came out in 1998 the reviewers said it was too short so as a result uh, I'm just going to be um, we're, we're, we're going to be adding a couple of new chapters and expanding the chapters that are already there so one of the chapters I wrote was about uh, a, a, a very strange concept that we brought up on the show several times uh, the flashing nexus and Ben had never even heard heard of that when, when we started to bring it up and the flashing nexus is it's my own term for something I started to run into back in the 70s, but I didn't even understand it. I didn't even know if it was paranormal. And what it is is essentially the experience that very once in a great while someone will report of being a number of different people in, in sequence. In other words, the first case I ran into, a friend of mine came to me. He didn't know what to do with this. His father had had open-heart surgery, which in the 70s was even more risky and complicated than it is today and uh, while he even before he was given the anesthesia he suddenly was one of the nurses all right and then when he was under and you're not supposed to really they told him you wouldn't really you won't really know anything until you wake up uh, he was the doctor and he joked it's a good thing he didn't mess up because uh, he was the surgeon and boy you know holy mackerel so 
And then later, as he was in the recovery room, he was a guy driving by outside the hospital. And he had, there was no point of reference for me or for, for this, this man or for his son on this. And um, I was in the seminary at the time, and a friend of his son, or I guess I was the closest thing to a priest that he could find, so he confided this in me. Uh, the only thing I had known about, there was a thing called... Um, anesthesia awareness that's one name for it but that's when you aren't supposed to be awake during the operation and you you either wake up not a good thing in the middle of open heart surgery but that's not really what happened it was a form of a uh illusory consciousness construct is the only other term i ever found for it but i really had no sense of reference for this uh that is what today i would look back on it and say that since probably the late uh 90s when I last ran into this before more recently, uh, it seemed to be a, a flash uh, from one consciousness to another where you are this person in a parallel reality that's very close to this one, and you flash around your nexus, which essentially is uh, your subconscious, where all these lives are being lived. And that's putting it very simplistically, but that, that's the best way I can put it. So, in that sense, maybe uh, Ed's question here is getting into that uh, without him maybe realizing it, that we are all these people across this sort of amazing uh, uh, spectrum of consciousness, but maybe in ways that are a lot deeper than we're used to thinking about in, when we think about linear time and reincarnation. So, what linear time does to reincarnation is that it's, it's really essentially impossible in the classical sense, because there is no past. So how can you have past lives? Gentlemen, do you have anything to, to add to that? Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, like um, relating to that topic, kind of how I work when I'm, I'm dealing with people and I'm helping people, um, I, I'm not you know unconscious or whatever, but but um, I can actually feel their emotion. I can I can um, just understand them. Um, you know emotions and, and stuff like that and, and it helps me to work with people that way and, it, and I can't explain it but I actually I feel like they would feel their emotions it's not like something I just I'm thinking it, it, it actually I feel like you know I'm, it's, it's almost like I'm them you know what I mean um, but I'm not you know I can actually it takes me over you know yeah and I've had a similar experience and I don't like it you know <laughs> no, it's too no. intimate I, I can't deal with it um, Bill have you ever run into that at all uh, I mean, only from a, from what I've read from a purely scientific uh, uh, viewpoint of uh, uh, of imagination. So I haven't gone to that. Almost like Anton's, I think it's Anton's disease they call, where you've been uh, you've had eyesight all your life and you suddenly go blind and you don't know you're blind for a few days. You honestly have no idea you're blind. The mind's just so powerful and, and deceptive that it's very difficult to understand what's going on with these things. Um, but I'm—I mean, I'm open to it. There's certainly, I think, uh, you know, a lot of things we don't know about our experiences in that. Well, regard. that's very true. Now, Ed, Ed uh, continues here uh, on the issue of reincarnation, and again, we're reading a letter from Ed uh, from Clovis, California. Uh, Hindu and Buddhist belief in reincarnation would follow suit uh, of an eternal soul. Okay, um, the whole eternal soul concept. Uh, now, because I was in the seminary for ten years. And the, the eternal soul notion did come up now and then, you know. Um, but it's, it, there was just something missing 
for me because I was missing from the seminary after they found out about the paranormal. <laughs> so it was it was a matter of just uh, I don't know there, there's just something that's not good enough about the whole concept. And of course, they really didn't explain it very well, even in the, you know later years in the seminaries. So anyway, so um, but everybody uses the term. And Ed continues, the energy travels a linear path, which we just said, it, in our opinion, it doesn't. Maybe, maybe Ed's right, maybe it does. A single line beginning countless billions of years ago through the present moment. But, I mean, it, it is different times and different universes, if that theory is correct. So, you know, it's, I suppose he's right in some ways here. Uh, each lifetime starting and ending along a continuous line spanning uh, every race, gender, and culture. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, every, we're everything, I suppose. Um, so there's no question here, but he does uh, just make observations. The soul has recognized an old friend or acquaintance, a lost lover, or a hardened enemy. Uh, you may know now know that person, but the energy of your soul uh, not know that person, but the energy of your soul does. Well, yeah, I see. I see what he's saying. Again, I don't know if I put it so narrowly. Um, there have been times when, uh, and I'm sure you gentlemen have had had the the the, uh, the experience of meeting somebody, and you feel like kind of known. I, I thought Shane, when you and I first met. In 1998, um, sounds so long ago now, we really just, we were kind of like brothers from the beginning. Instantly, and I, I felt it too, and it was it was like uh, we've worked together our whole lives, and, and yet we've just, you know, met. And, um, and you know, I, I worked by myself back then, I, I, I did not like to work with other people, but as soon as I met you, it was just like, yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, with Bill... You know, I'm an acquired taste. Yeah, <laughs> most don't acquire, but you know. Yeah, but there's still, you know, there are reasons why. You know, we have this goofy group of, of people who you know, works together, and, and uh, uh, you know, they're, it's funny how things work out. So maybe there certainly there are connections in other parts of the multiverse. Again, if that's if that's true, Ben, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, now. I mean, my thoughts are pretty much along the same line as yours, considering I can't get away from your line of thinking. It's a, so now I'm indoctrinated into how you think. So I, I guess... Heaven, you make it sound like a death sentence. It's not a death sentence, you know. I'm just saying that my, my opinions... Control. My opinions and beliefs are colored along the same same line as yours. So, I mean, I do agree with that, that it's like um, when I... One of my really, really good friends. It's like when you pick up with somebody that you haven't seen in a very long time, like you just saw them yesterday. Like one of my one of my really close friends who was in my groomsman party, I see him once every two years. It's always on the dot, too. It's always January 18th. I always see him every January 18th. I don't know why, but we pick up right where we left off as if nothing had ever changed. And that's just, I don't know. Maybe that's because we're with each other every day somewhere else. That's going to keep me awake tonight. All right. Now, uh, Ed continues in his letter here, um, past lives, okay, and we just said they're, in our point of view, it's not really an accurate term, but hey, who knows, as I say, maybe we're wrong. Uh, I have read that some past life regressionists, these are the hypnotists uh, who will hypnotize you and take you back through quote-unquote past lives, Uh, past life regressionists refer to each past life as a different entity. That's not this, that, this is not true. Well, I, I was just going to say this is not true. Cause they don't, first of all, they don't all refer to them as pa- different entities, and uh, Ed himself says it's not true. Every past life is the energy of the soul manifesting itself in a different body. The body may be different, but the energy of existence is the same. Thus, every incarnation is the same energy of the same soul manifesting itself anew to gain the lessons and experience needed to progress. Okay, that is the, the, the classic kind of approach to this and again maybe he's right uh, we don't see it that way but 
but, but I think we, we would um, perhaps agree, uh, those who agree with these theories, that it is the same person, you know, in sharing the different lives, even though it's not past to future. Um, people have asked me who are believers in, well, particularly Christianity, but some other groups who believe in judgment, um, are you ju- it's funny, this came up in conversation with Lorraine Warren, of all people, back in days of yore when I was working with them uh, and Lorraine. And uh, Lorraine would say, well, I don't believe God can judge you in one lifetime. Terrible theology. Christians do not believe in reincarnation. And uh, they were claimed to be uh, devout Roman Catholics. But um, I'm, I'm, I would never presume to say what God can and can't do. Um, it's certainly not the nature of God, but I, I don't. I, that that whole thing just kind of rubbed me the wrong way when she said that. But a lot of people believe that. So um, we we've already talked about reincarnation. So we get into the into death. I mean, cheerful I, subject. I, I mean, I think we create uh, the you know the reality that we want. You know, I mean, our, we believe what what we want to believe. People believe and, what they want to believe. And we really are not comfortable, and I'm not either, with death. So we ha- we have to figure out: yeah. do we reincarnate? Uh, you know, do we just live on forever? Uh, is everything fair in the end? You know, so I think we create a lot of these different uh, philosophies based on uh, the. The inability to to imagine or confront us non-existing, um, and and it's and again, you know, we don't know what the reality is, but we do know that uh, you know we're keenly aware of it and uh, and don't like it, and we need to create the perfect reality uh, around it. You know, which is why there's so many, of course, divisions of like Catholicism, for example. Well, you know, you pick and choose what you believe until you arrive at. Uh, you know the God that that you like. Well, essentially, it's kind of a McDonald land sort of spirituality at this point. But uh, yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. The thing is that um, <laughs> well, I, I love that term. Too. How different? I probably should have said that on the. No, yeah. But but uh, the entire notion of uh, of reincarnation is considered very differently and interestingly in in different cultures. Uh, for example, in the modern. Uh, Western culture, uh, we say, oh boy, I'm going to believe in reincarnation because I, I, I don't want to believe that my precious self goes poof, you know, right. and that that's it. Uh, people in the East, generally, and I'm thinking, thinking particularly of, of uh, Hindus and Buddhists, will consider reincarnation as something to be escaped from. Wow. You know? yeah. yeah, because it's, it's considered a prison. And the more enlightened you, you become, the more you free yourself from passions and the things that will keep you as a slave to yourself, uh, the more likely you are to achieve a state of enlightenment and not have to reincarnate anymore. Oh, I'm going to be here forever. Uh, I think, too, um, what he was asking and the way he asked it, it, it there's a, um, a new growing uh, a belief that with, with a lot of people that... Um, Basically, God is called Source. They call it Source, you know. Yeah. And so you you're put down here uh, to learn a lesson or to do whatever or to grow spiritually. And then when when you learn that lesson, then you you move on. You come back down as somebody else to learn a different lesson to grow, you know, um, grow in in in, in um, become higher level. They call it, um, you know. And, and I, I I get that thought process but i think they're missing it you know they're missing it um because i think the multiverse is going to explain things a lot better than that than that type of reincarnation it, rather than you know us living um not you know going back or being um 
you know, past life. It's it's more like a sideway life, <laughs> you know. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, we just have a <laughs> an email from a listener who says, uh, "Let the guests speak." Essentially, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but. Um, like to hear other opinions other than well you know, maybe we shouldn't have people on who agree we don't have people on who agree with us all the time no but uh just today we happen to because there's you know we're, we're in a rather different and difficult venue here than we usually are so uh we we appreciate all opinions so to continue uh well because um ed is is uh continuing with a bit of counterpoint here uh, now, again, uh, death, uh, the point of death, some argue, we extinguish altogether, uh, while others follow a bright light. Uh, if the energy of the soul exists, as previously stated, the light is the energy of the soul opening a conduit to download the current lifetime of experiences. Okay, I, I think I get what he's saying here, but um, the light in our experience uh, is our world boundaries. Um, I mean, what, what do you... Well, let me finish what he says about death. I believe those who have encountered an entity either welcoming or stating it is not time, or I think we're talking about near-death experiences here, are encountering a spirit guide from one of their own millions of previous existences. Some have said during a near-death experience they have spoken to a deceased relative. Uh, this could also be true as we are all inter- interconnected at our energy's core level. They may well uh, have spoken to the energy of a loved one. Um, one of the things we, I think, might want to question is, what do you mean energy of a loved one? It's either a loved one or it's not. I mean, maybe I'm thinking too narrowly, but when you're dead, you're dead. If you have no vocal cords, I mean, you wouldn't be having physical experiences. And, and that doesn't seem to be what he's talking about here. But I, again, I just don't think this is good enough. Uh, what do you fellas say? I mean... You know, I hate to be a downer on this. I'm not a big uh, believer in the near-death experience uh, thing. I mean, they've been simulated. Near-death experiences have been simulated. Lack of oxygen has, has caused similar experiences and hallucinations. And and I think it's questionable what uh, what's really being experienced when you see light or when you talk to relatives or, or when you think you've been uh, completely dead. If you're completely dead, you're not coming back. Otherwise... Uh, there's a near-death process of uh, false memory, hallucination, uh, and things that easily have been replicated numerous times uh, by people who are not in a near-death state. Uh, so to me, the near-death thing is kind of easily explained, kind of like spontaneous human combustion has, has been. Um, I, I don't see any, any any really good evidence to believe that something else is happening. I'm open to it, but... Uh, so far, if you can replicate it easily um, in uh, in, a, in a medical experience to, to reproduce that exact same experience through normal, natural causes, then I, I I can't make the leap myself. But I don't know. What do you think, Shane? Yeah, Shane. Uh, I'm, I'm not gifted like you are, Shane. So maybe you're, or Paul. So maybe you guys have different. You know, even then. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, as as far as like loved ones coming to people. Um, I mean, not during a near-death experience, but um, I will have to say I, I do believe that it happens. Um, I had I, I had an entity um, come to me one time to tell me something that I didn't know about a family. Um, it was a, a family secret type of thing. Now, this person spoke to me. Um, the mouth was moving, but the, the, the thought was in my head. It, was, it wasn't like an audible thing that I heard, um, but what... What, what what I was told, I had no way of knowing, and it actually was a, a family secret. And and I think even without vocal cords, what see what we're dealing with 
is is frequency. Everything is frequency, and and that's part of the the, the thing that I utilize to help everybody that I I deal with because um, a lot of people don't have that understanding. Uh, but it's all it, it all happens through frequency. All right. Well, that that uh, who who really knows? I mean, everybody can. back on thank you uh sorry about that folks apparently they turned off the power here <laughs> uh and we got kicked off the air uh we're just going to sort of um continue until the power does come back on uh here at roger williams park in providence as we said we're we are um broadcasting live or trying to from the uh, roger williams park here in providence rhode island the crohn's and colitis taking steps for crohn's and colitis a charity walk today and uh, we walked, uh, and with us were, were uh, uh team behind the paranormal, and with us today also uh, Shane Searway, our uh, very dear friends, uh, Shane Searway and Bill Hall. Uh, we are um, dealing with uh, some questions. We interviewed uh, earlier some of the uh, folks who uh, were real, are considered the real heroes of this uh, rather terrible disease, uh, and uh, we were talking a bit about health in the paranormal, um, what people can do with meditation, perhaps, and we have... Uh, we had a listener from Hawaii who wrote and said that uh, there was uh, a great deal of help brought to her uh, with Crohn's disease uh, through meditation and acupuncture, uh, kind of an interesting thing. And uh, one or two of the people here said they use meditation as well. Uh, so we had um, quite, uh, quite the walk today, and we were discussing health and the paranormal, and we also were answering a letter, a uh, lengthy letter here from Ed in uh, Clovis, California, about the reincarnation, something a little bit off topic. Uh, but we were um, we ran into a little bit of counterpoint here with the, the four of us, uh, Ben, Shane, Bill, and myself, and um, we were uh, going to be dealing with this. And we did, hadn't really intended to have this be an open line show, but we had a chance to to deal with a few questions. Uh, so we um, were talking about the reincarnation, past lives, death, and uh, the next section has to do with time. Uh, that in, is in Ed's letter, but I'll wait until everyone can discuss it. And we'll probably leave this for a. Uh, a future, a future point. So I'm going to let um, uh, Bill uh, say something here as well. Uh, we're we're uh, kind of cobbling together something to, to continue the show uh, for the next few minutes. And uh, Bill, uh, why don't you tell us first of all what you what you've got coming down the pike? Uh, you're the author. Tell us about your books and uh, what where people can get them and what you got coming up next. Thank you, Paul. Um... Well, my uh, first book, World's Most Haunted House, was about uh, the Bridgeport Poltergeist on Lindley Street, which I'm sure listeners know by now that uh, Paul, now my dear friend, is uh, one of the uh, uh, significant witness and one of the one of the few living, and I'm, I'm glad he is. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he's not reincarnated as somebody else who I wouldn't know, but yeah, so that was the first book. Second book, Haunted House Diaries, which is uh, an active case, and Shane was involved in that. Uh, as well as myself and, and Paul and Ben, uh, Paul and Ben starting for many years since 2005. So that was uh, book two, uh, and now I'm actually researching things for uh, book three. You know, it's tough when you want to do it. Um, you know, when you want to do it right and you want to provide people, um, I, I guess, is the least amount of hearsay possible. And that's uh, it's difficult in our subject, as, as as we know, as we plow through that, um, and. Um, Shane, would you like to say a few words about the? No. Yeah, I'm going to turn things over to Shane Searway, who is uh, here with Hank the dog uh, today to help us uh, raise money for Crohn's 
and colitis, and uh, we're going to um, pass it over to Shane now. Hello. So, um, yeah, um, hopefully we'll get things worked out here soon. Um, but as Paul mentioned, I got my little puppy here, uh, Hank. <laughs> so um, it's made it very difficult for me to concentrate. Um, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, coming up I have uh, quite a few um, radio shows coming up, um, Internet radio shows. Um, and you can find that if you go to my website, trueghost.com, T-R-U-E-G-H-O-S-T.com. Um, best way is to, cause I don't have them posted on there, but you click on the, the Facebook, uh, thing and I'll be posting them, um, there uh, on the Facebook page, uh, which I need to get better about updating. Um, so, um, we're still w- working on the power. So hopefully we get that up and, and running soon here. I'm going to turn it back over to Paul. Okay. Uh, well, as we try to, um, fix the technical difficulties here, I wanted to just mention too that. Uh, very soon, uh, I think probably next week, uh, Ben can give you the final details on that. We'll be starting a, a YouTube channel. Uh, we've done uh, some productions for that already, and uh, that is, uh, I don't know much about it, but Ben and his lovely new wife do, and they're going to be talking uh, talking about that as, as the shows are ongoing, and uh, we'll tell you how to access that uh, as soon as, uh, hopefully be up uh, next week. So, um in the meantime, uh, I just wanted to, um, uh, there's another question here from uh, Mike in Redding, California. And Mike asks, uh, have you ever heard of somebody being healed by an alien or a ghost? Either of you fellows want to tackle that one? Have you ever heard of anyone uh, being healed by a, by a ghost? Okay, well, I, I'll just, admit, while they're thinking about that, um, I remember um, several uh, stories and things people have told me that, that they've had positive uh, medical experiences because of uh, aliens and ghosts, or if that's what they really were. Uh, one of the things that uh, recently developed was that uh, Travis Walton, a very famous uh, experiencer upon whom the, the book and the movie A Fire in the Sky were based, uh, 1975 abduction experience uh, uh, the the craft, at least, was witnessed by a bunch of people, and uh, oh, do we, oh, okay, good. Oh, so uh, can we? Not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. Okay, good. But anyway, Travis um, uh, said that rather than he feels now, uh, after all these years, that rather than having been abducted as such, he feels that he walked into an energy field around this craft that that he and five other witnesses saw in the woods of Arizona, and that he was. Um, shocked and stunned by uh, some sort of energy field that might have been around the craft, was thrown back about 10 feet. They all saw this, and uh, they became so frightened, the others uh, ran and drove away, and uh, he uh, woke up in the craft, and he felt that they were trying to help him, and that he was left, uh, five days he was gone, and uh, they being the uh, aliens, if that's what they were, and he was found uh, on a road uh, in another part of uh, this region, and uh, he felt that they were trying to help him, uh, not necessarily studying him or things like this. So that, that may be one example uh, to answer Mike's question. Uh, I have heard of visitations by various entities. Uh, people will often think of them as angels, uh, whatever, and I've had people say that this has happened to them, uh, particularly children, uh, and they felt that they have been um, healed. Okay. So we're going to make an attempt here to switch back to the regular microphones and uh, get uh, get going again. 
Yeah, we should be switching back momentarily, uh, which we will get in contact with the producer uh, back at the station, and he will give us the go-ahead to go right back to our uh, our broadcast, our actual broadcasting equipment, rather than a cell phone. What's the word from the studio, man? Don't know. We'll find out. All right. We're good. Okay, good. All right, so there we are. Uh, so, again, uh, we um, have uh, had cases of people who saved. They've been healed. Uh, one of the things that really comes to mind uh, is uh, a lot of people know today about the, the Mothman uh, outbreaks of the 1960s in the Ohio Valley. And uh, people often think of that case and they think of people being just utterly terrified at the red eyes of whatever this was and people uh, would come into their driveway for example at night and and they would find it there and and would be just utterly terrified but there have been uh, several people who reported to us on the show that they had positive mothman experiences one fellow in particular uh, had a mothman experience outside of that one uh, they believed it was Mothman, and the whole family encountered it. And he himself, all of a sudden, developed all kinds of artistic talent. Uh, his math ability improved tremendously, and he generally said it was a positive experience. So I guess uh, to Mike's question from California, I guess we can say kind of a big yes. Do you fellows have anything to add to that, Bill Hall? Uh, yeah, um, I, I would say there's three things, and one is the actual experience. Um, you know, with uh, the entity or whatever it happens to be. And uh, the other thing is your, of course, your interpretation of that experience. And then the third thing is uh, the energy. Um, so in some cases, like in Lindley Street, you know, the little girl ended up developing epilepsy, you know, a negative outcome. Other people have had positive outcomes, not only in remembering what the experience was like for them, could be positive or negative, um, the interaction, of course, with the entity or unknown uh, being could, of course, be positive or negative. And then the energy, uh, as we hear, you know, some people being healed and, of course, other people, you know, getting tumors or, or cancer or developing sickness, perhaps from, you know, the high uh, electromagnetic frequency. So I think there's a combination of those three. And, yeah, the outcomes could be good could be okay could be amazing or could be you know horrible i think depending on the inter you know those three kind of factors shane um no i agree exactly with what uh, bill was just saying but um you know there are reports and I, i've dealt with people that that claim to have been healed by something it, whether it be an entity that that they saw at their bed or a light that came over them or or something like that but i see more so in, in in the presence of these entities, people um, coming down with illnesses, not being healed so much, but it's usually more coming down with with illness, um, and um, you know th- that's what I find. But I, I also I've seen um, you know these people that claim that they're they've been helped or saved by um, a, a bad situation um, from entities. Like take for instance, just to use a name that a lot of people might know. Dale Earnhardt Jr., after his father passed away, um, was driving a, a different type of race that he normally drove. It was a Corvette, and he spun out on a road course, and the thing became engulfed in flames. And, and Dale Jr., if you watch the footage, it looks like somebody has him on, under the arms and is pulling him out. 
he he it, it's exactly like he was being pulled out. He thought he felt hands. He felt somebody pulling him out of this this car. And he when he got out, he hit the ground and he got out and he he was looking around expecting to see you know a, a road uh, agent or whatever uh, track agent. And there was nobody there. But he swore that somebody pulled him out. And now he he's feeling that it might may have been his father. Uh, but we hear stories like that all the time. People that are yeah. pulled up. You know, above the, the the surface of the water, and they they swear that somebody yeah. saved them. You know, things like that. So I I, I do think it. Had to... Well, I I certainly have to uh, put the the icing on the cake by telling you what happened to me. I mean, I I don't know if I've mentioned it on the air before, but I was in the military. It was 1979, January. Yeah. We had airdropped over the Saint Elias Mountains of the Yukon Territory in the winter. <laughs> And it was a, a survival exercise. And at one point, um, I was on a mock recon exercise, and uh, there was a, a, a ridge of snow that collapsed on top of me. And it, um, I, I, my chest was constricted. I couldn't breathe. I felt that I was going to die. Um, I saw the face of a loved one. But then all of a sudden, something... And I was, this is under like eight feet of snow. The other guys were jumping around like grasshoppers. They were trying to get me out. Something took my right hand. It was warm and pulled me up through all that snow. And the first thing the, the guys knew was I popped out of that snow drift, that snow bank. And um, nothing, nothing bruised, nothing broken, absolutely nothing wrong, you know. And um, I, I can't explain it. I have to think it was something good, uh, something that was um, perhaps even the term angelic. So I think with that, we can wrap up our, our stories and start our announcements. But um, so to answer Mike's question, yeah, Mike, that's happened to me. So, okay. So anyway, uh, this week is going to be uh, Hades on Wheels for us here at Behind the Paranormal. On Tuesday, October 18th, uh, I'll be the speaker at the... Okay, uh, Hank the dog is running away with a chair. Okay, uh, that's what that noise is. Anyway, uh, on Tuesday, October 18th, uh, just the uh, day after tomorrow, uh, I'll be the speaker at the monthly a MUFON event in the Philadelphia area, MUFON Mutual UFO Network, a good bunch of people. Uh, my subject will be Strange Connections, UFOs, Cryptids, and Ghosts. Uh, that will be at 6.30 p.m. at the Tredefin Public Library, Upper Gulf Road, Wayne, Pennsylvania. And you can visit uh, MainlineMUFON.com for details. Then on Friday evening, that's uh, October 21st at 7 p.m., my dad and I will present our program, What's Really Behind the Paranormal, at the Enchanted Cafe at 7484 South Broadway, Red Hook, New York. You can see uh, www.theenchantedcaferedhook.com for details. Uh, and uh, other than a bunch of uh, appearances on other people's radio shows, uh, that will be, be the end of our 2016 lecture season. Uh, but we'll start up again in the winter when our new book is released in January. And that book, uh, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is already available for pre-order on Amazon.com. It's scheduled for release by Schiffer Books and will be in bookstores around the world. And there will be a release party of some sort and a book signing here in our listening area. And uh, we're still nailing down the details for that. Uh, meanwhile, find out more about the show, our public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com where you'll find nearly 700 free recorded shows from both the 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And uh, Bill and uh, Shane, if you can, uh, tell us where, uh, again, Bill, tell us where people can get your books and uh, what you have coming up, just very briefly. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can go to William J. Hall, H-A-L-L, author.com. 
and uh, get signed books, and there's some free uh, things for you there and some interesting things. And um, uh, coming up, I'm working on uh, book three, so I can't tell you when that will be out. Uh, and then uh, here's Shane Sarway. Okay, I, I already went over my website, but truegos.com, T-R-U-E-G-H-O-S-C.com. Um, or you can always reach me by my cell phone, 603-913-4790. That's 603-913-4790. Okay, and uh, you can find my uh, other books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, Barnes & Noble Nook. Uh, but if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, I'll be happy to sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Uh, also on our website, you'll find direct links to several charities that uh, Ben and I have adopted, including USACares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, doing great things for at-risk youth out there. That's YouthMentoring.org. And also HelpForHaiti.com. All right. Uh, <clears throat> there are two other books of interest uh, I would uh, direct your attention to on Amazon, UFO Repeaters. A uh, big chapter about our old friend Joe Ferrier, and uh, I suggest that that's a good book. And also um, The Bell Witch Project, uh, which I guess uh, Hank the Dog likes. He says he's making comments. Okay, so here yeah, the script under control in the wind. Uh, okay, Ben. Let's... So next Sunday, that's October 23rd, you can join us for a discussion of Remembering Forgotten UFO Experiences with author Diane Ro- Roseberry. Diana Roseberry, right. Yes. Uh, we leave you this afternoon with a thought from Mary Baker Eddy, author and the founder of the religion known as Christian Science. Health is not a condition of matter, but of mind. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of... Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.